welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Today, we thought we would talk about a topic that we have talked about many times on this podcast, but I feel like it's never enough because this is such a pattern that women have. I think it's really important to continue the conversation, and that is about over-delivering. And I want to specifically talk about today, why do we over-deliver? Because women are notorious for over-delivering, whether that's in business, whether that's in their home life, whether that's in their friendships, whether that's in their communities and other organizations, we constantly over-deliver. And so, you know, I think we've talked many times about that pattern. What I want to explore today is deeper. Why? Why do we over-deliver? What do you think, yeah. Laura? Yes. Well, you know, I love going into the the depths, like what's actually the psychological motivation here? Like what's going on? Um, and I think it's also a timely conversation, although we have talked about it before. We tend to, um, or it tends to be more relevant in times of your life when you have a lot more going on. And this is a time that Globally, we all have something big going on with the change in the economy and everything with the virus and how that's affecting our time at home. So we're working from home. We're remote working either in our business with teams or we have a, um, a company that we're still remote working with. And so all these different things, you know, are impacting our time and impacting our energy. And there's never a better time than that to really look at are we really doing what needs to be done or are we overdoing, over aligning, over functioning, over feeling into things that aren't ours to feel into or to take responsibility for? Yeah, 100%. And I do think this is one of those times. And I, I think in a lot of times of change that happens where we start to over-deliver times of stress, times of fear, times of uncertainty, right? I think that is one of the whys I think sometimes we over-deliver is because we feel like the more we do – the more security we have, right? The more certainty we have. Like there's definitely something that triggers that we're like, well, if we keep delivering, if we keep serving, if we keep offering, you know, that somehow that's control, somehow that's at least something we can do. So I think that can definitely be a pattern in some people is that, you know, just that feeling of, of uncertainty or fear or, you know, something, so many things are happening for different people in the world right now. And there's just literally so much uncertainty. We don't know if we're Kids are gonna go back to school. We don't. We don't know what's gonna happen, and so I think, yeah, it's really interesting to start to look at what what ways are we triggered into over delivery. Yes, as you're talking about that, it actually makes me think about codependency. Like in relationships, when we're codependent, we do get you know anxious about that attachment, and we overdo. We over caretake and sometimes get overly involved with that person. It's just like what you were saying. It's because there's an uncertainty, like a, a lack of a secure attachment and a fear. And so that lack of certainty makes us 
overdue. And so we could be just, let's just put that hat on for a moment in our businesses. I actually like to think about relationships a lot of times in in relation to how are we connecting with our business? Because we do the same type of unhealthy uh, patterns in our business that we do with our partners or in other relationships. So how are we being codependent with our business, with our clients? And psychologically, it's just what you said often. It's a sense of control. It's like, I'm going to do it. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how well, you know, how's it going to go right now? And how is my uh, client going to do? But I know how I can do. I can over function the heck out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And I see people doing this in their jobs as well. Like, you know, a lot of people have transitioned from being in the office to being at home and they still feel like they're at the office, like they're on their Zoom or they're on their computer just sitting by the computer the whole day, like not willing to ask their boss or ask their coworkers if they can take a break or, you know, like it's just they're still trying to function at this really high level. And yeah, I think it's really important to understand, you know, what the core piece is for us. And it always has a little different flavor. You know, I've worked on a lot of this, these patterns with my clients, a lot of these patterns in myself, like like hundreds of layers of these patterns within myself. And I think, you know, it's always good to feel yours because they all have a little bit of a different flavor, right? And the and they all come from a, a different source. So, you know, one of the things I've really learned and looked at, you know, in my life and in working with others is that oftentimes we've got kind of this core unmet need that we had with our parents. So, you know, maybe when we were children, we weren't seen or we weren't validated or we weren't unconditionally loved or there was something that, you know, some way we didn't get our needs met. And then we learned learned that over-functioning fulfilled that need or over-delivering fulfilled that need or being the good girl fulfilled that need. And so then we take that pattern instead of it sort of like, you know, evolving as we get older to just be like, we can fulfill our own needs. Instead, we've got this hole that we're still trying to fill in our 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, really until we either wake up or die. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And it's, you know, It's interesting because, like you said, it's different for everyone, but that common ground is it's usually something, there's a feeling of lacking, a feeling of a need, like you said, that's not being met. And so we end up being able to kind of transfer that onto our clients. Um, If we did have parents that didn't really see us, then we transfer that onto the clients. Now we really need our clients to see us and to see our value. And then when we launch a new product or we actually are launching our new business and you're in a place of insecurity, because that's normal. Everyone feels a little bit more insecure when you're starting something new. You have more doubts because you haven't tested your service or your product. But then that's when you have to practice being really mindful of where that starts to show up in a way that is actually interfering rather than helping you. When you start to become overly preoccupied with your client's perspective of you and you really, really, really need them to see it, to say it, to pay for it, to whatever it is in order for you to say, this is good. This is a good product. This is a good service. You know, and you get caught. (laughs) Yes. And, and you got, and it's so interesting, everyone, because it can be such a subtle, even after you've worked on it, you're aware of the patterns, you can still kind of wake up and be like, 
oh, I'm doing it again. Oh, I'm doing it again. And it's so habitual. And we oftentimes, especially over delivery with clients, we wrap it up in good service, right? Customer service. Or we wrap it up in, I'm just doing what it takes. Or we wrap it up in, well, this is what my clients need to pay for me. Or this is what everyone else is doing, so I've got to deliver at the same capacity. And so, you know, we justify the over-delivery and we justify that over-functioning instead of coming back inside of ourselves and looking at where is that wound, what's happening within us, and how do I start to integrate that feeling so that I can feel for myself where the real line is. Um, And, you know, that was one of the the interesting things I was playing around with, even in my own journaling and my own exploration. I was looking at boundaries and I was thinking, you know, a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, I don't know where the boundary is. And I think that's very interesting because the only person who could know where the boundary is, is you. So as I started to explore that, I realized that oftentimes we don't want to know where the boundary is because if we actually set the boundary, we won't get that need met, right? We won't get the praise we want, the validation we want, the security we want, the the love we want. And if we set that boundary, we're going to lose that deep-seated thing that we absolutely will do anything to get. And so that's why we can't see the boundary. It's not that we don't know it. It's not that somewhere inside of us it isn't there. It's that we're just unwilling to stop the pattern. Ah, that's gold right there. Everyone just pause for a moment (laughs) if you're listening to this and write that down. That is so true. It's not that you don't know where the boundary is. It's can you actually accept the consequence of what happens when you set it? Because if you've been hooked in to getting at whatever that is, you know, by letting that boundary slide, you get validation, you get appreciation or whatever it is that they're giving you for letting your boundary down, you're going to have to be able to give that to yourself. When you set that boundary, you give it to yourself. Yeah. And that's a big, big (laughs) shift. It is. It's so hard to do as well, right? Like, you know, and this is what I was recognizing in myself is that, you know, some of my boundaries had slipped And I kept feeling inside, like, you know, I kept feeling like, but I don't know where the real boundary is. I mean, maybe I'm just doing what's right. You know, maybe I'm just, you know, giving my all to people. Like, you know, there's all these ways you start to justify it. And then, yeah, that was my realization was like, wow, I don't really want to know where the line is because then I have to accept how people might be unhappy with me drawing the line, right? And, you know, and I think you don't stop. I mean, This is like the levels of integration, right? Like all of us want to be loved. All of us want to be validated. All of us want to be accepted. Of course we do. But what I've come to realize is that we can't live in a world like that. Like walking around trying to protect ourselves from not being loved, from not being validated, from not being liked, you know, from all of those things, protecting ourselves. We make ourselves so very small that we are just a tiny portion of our potential. To really stretch out into our full potential, guess what? We are going to not be seen. We are going to be invalidated. We're going to be attacked People are not going to like us. Like, you know, if we're, if we're really safe, and that's what I think we have to realize is that, you know, we are limiting our potential so much by protecting ourselves from, you know, the inevitable, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think this really hits home for women 
often more than men, because culturally we start picking up on these messages really early on about like our emotional labor, like how well we labor for those around us emotionally gives us status in the family. It gives us appreciation. It gives us um, all sorts of kudos, you know, from everybody around us. So it's really challenging to start realizing, oh, I don't actually have to have that external validation to be good enough, to be powerful, to, to own what I know. And, you know, I think that for a lot of women, it's terrifying. And I see men struggle with this as well, but just not as much because often, well, they don't always doubt themselves because they're culturally conditioned to lean in and just do it anyway. Like you don't, you know, you're not an athlete. Who cares? Fake it. Get out there. Act tough. Talk tough, you know, and that kind of constantly being something that they're not is something they're encouraged to be. And for women, it's often a completely different scenario where like we actually have to over function and overdo, I think, to get that appreciation. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. And I think there's definitely a really different and interesting way that we are conditioned as men and women. And women are conditioned to service. And men are conditioned to serve themselves. Like it is this very, very interesting like way that we operate. And so then because women are so conditioned to over-deliver, that's some of the modes they use to be able to get the validation. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for me personally, when I reflect and I was thinking about something you said earlier where this tendency to kind of um, overperform is making up for something that you feel. And for me in my business, I had a new business model. And you'll remember because when we started Soma Vita, it was a new model. No one knew what co-working was. And for those first like three, four years, I did not realize it, but everything that I would do, the way I did my customer service, the way I priced our services, I was basically apologizing. Like this later came to me in a journal. I was like, I am apologizing with my pricing. I'm apologizing because I know that their product is new. I know that they don't understand the value. And I really realized I was over-functioning and underpricing because I am an empath, right? And I could feel in to my clients like, wait, I know this seems really cool, but I don't fully understand it here. You know, I don't really know what's happening or them having expectations of me that I wasn't able to meet because of the business model being, you know, I'm a solo provider and I've got limitations on my resources, right? So it's really interesting to think, like I can really look clearly on the fact that I over-functioned because of a sense of deficiency. And in that situation, it wasn't even a deficiency in myself, although those are connected. It was, I was doubting my ability to be innovative, possibly to really be that pioneer of a new business model. But I was doubting if they could understand the value of my business because it was so unknown. And I really over provided. I would go out of my way 
to make sure that they had everything they needed for their business at the cost of things that I needed, just to have that good impression, just have them happy, just to have them, you know, getting all their needs met, I would not always take care of myself. Yeah, look, I can relate in obviously so many ways. I mean, we did do that with some of it even from the very beginning. And I remember you know, what that attracted and what that experience was. And I think it's so interesting because it really reminds me, I see that that we can really operate sort of in two ways, right? There's two philosophies. And I often talk about it in terms of the feminine versus the masculine. But you can also look at it in terms of coming from the inside out or the outside in, right? And so often when we hit insecurity or when we hit uncertainty or when we hit fear or when we hit worry, Instead of just immediately going inside to handle that, to look at that, to explore that, to heal whatever reaction, whatever feeling we have inside, we so often go to fixing the outside. So that's when we lower our prices. That's when we offer the discounts. That's when we added more value. That's when we delivered more. And and I think that's that, you know, it's really interesting if we were to just at every moment when we felt uncertainty or every moment when we felt triggered, if we just stopped and said, this is really interesting. What am I experiencing? Why am I feeling this way? And explored it and integrated and worked with it before we ever changed anything in the outside. I wonder if we would ever over-deliver. Oh, yes. I mean, this is such a important practice that serves us in all aspects of our business, but especially in this that we're talking about, because it's this awareness in the moment, a mindfulness around what is the true motivation here, right? It's like, what is really motivating me to over deliver? And let me sit with that a little bit. And like you said, it would be really hard to keep over delivering if we sat with ourselves long enough to realize, oh, I'm just actually feeling uncertain and I want to, you know, I want to overdo just because there's a feeling of lacking, like it's not good enough or I'm not good enough or the product is somehow, I'm not really believing in its value, you know? And it's just like this moment of being present and allowing ourselves to be curious can lead us to so much more clarity. And why don't we do this, I think, is because we haven't honestly just practiced it. You know, it's not a skill that comes natural and is a habit that most people have to sit there and really feel into. And you and I have been practicing it for years. And guess what we find is that there's just something else under the next layer and under the next layer. It's like, there's usually always something. You don't get to a point where it's like, oh, I don't even have to check anymore. I don't even have to be present because I just (laughs) just figured it all out. It's like that never comes because you're always learning something new about yourself. Yeah. And you know what? It just made me think of, which is so interesting because this is like kind of that like (laughs) chicken or egg thing. It's really interesting. You know, one of the reasons why we don't slow down and ask ourselves these questions, right? Where we don't move from the inside out is also because we're still trying to get those unmet needs fulfilled, right? So the world validates busyness. The world validates action. The world validates changing things on the outside. And you could see that when the coronavirus first hit, right? Like 
in my industry, just everybody just was pivoting immediately and like taking action and doing a million new products. And and I was just watching it all because I'm a slow mover, which I'll tell you about in a second. And, you know, I was just watching it all and thinking, what is going on? And so much of it was because I think everyone, instead of stopping in those moments and being like, okay, ooh, I feel really insecure now. I feel really uncertain. I was so certain about my business and now I'm uncertain. Instead of really feeling all those feelings and integrating them and working with them, they just fit the mold of what gets validation, right? Action gets validation. Creativity gets validation. Innovation gets validation. And so – You know, it's really interesting because we're not slowing down and doing what we need to do because we're afraid that someone's going to judge us or someone's going to look at us wrong or we're going to be a failure, you know, and that perpetuates this pattern over and over and over again. Oh, absolutely. This challenge with giving ourselves, it's actually interesting that I have even felt that in this time when kind of everybody was in hibernation and it was okay not to move as fast, right? We all kind of had permission for a little bit not to move as fast. I would say that's starting to shift now. People are starting to realize like, oh, wait, um, the world's starting to wake up again. We're starting to move forward. But I've actually um, had to remind myself that you still can take as much time as you need. Like you can still move slowly. Maybe you're not clear on how you want to pivot yet and you don't want to commit to making some statement in, in, you know, on your website or your social media. And guess what? Like that's okay. And that, you know, Sonia, that comes from just over-functioning, honestly. This, this fear that, oh, every I need to put everyone at ease. Like people are going to come to my site and they're going to want to know what I'm doing. They're going to know how I'm responding to this situation and how things are changing. <laughs> you know, It's like, oh, they all need to know. And it's like, no, no, actually they don't. They're going to just do whatever they do. And you're going to just let go of a timeline and need to follow your own path. Like you just have to wait until that's clear. And the moment that is clear, I will then go to my site and write something that's from my heart and what I want to say because it's the right time for me to say it. Not because I feel some sort of guilt that I haven't or that I need to take care of other people because they're all wondering, which they probably aren't. But that worry that comes from that need to overperform. Yeah. And and I think, you know, it it illustrates, because I'm the same way, I think it illustrates the work we've done, right? So it is really about the work, right? There's no shortcutting or hacking this. It really is about the work that you do inside of yourself. And, you know, it took me a long, long time to accept myself. And like now I tell people, I'm a very slow implementer. Because I want to be, I want to feel it all. I want to be sure of something. I don't want to change something until I know it's absolutely the right change because I've handled all the feelings. I've worked through all the stuff. Something's landed and grounded in me that is worth making the change. And so sometimes I might have an idea and it might not be implemented for six months or even a year. And the world wouldn't accept that, right? Like the way the world functions 
we should be just such fast implementers. We should just be like, you know, making it all happen and changing it all. But I've just really come to accept that that's not the way I operate and that's not the way I want to operate. And so it's taken a lot of hard work to get there, to go through all of my feelings of insecurity, to go through all of my feelings of needing to be validated, of needing to be like everyone else, of needing to be that standard of a successful businesswoman. You know, like you were all sort of like, you know, my dad is a businessman, you know, like he definitely was fully in the masculine idea of what that means. And so, you know, all of that was me trying to like fit this thing, be good enough, be, you know, not a failure, all of it. And I have to say, it's a real relief when you come to accept yourself and to accept the way that you best operate. And so for me, everything's about the integration first. It's about the space first. It's about healing whatever feelings I have. If I'm not sure about something, I don't take the leap. If I'm not sure about something, I don't implement it. And I know that's kind of the opposite of what we say, but it actually is so much more effective. And just like Laura said, when I finally do get to the place where I'm clear, where I'm sure, from that place, implementing is effortless. Like it takes a fraction of the time. Like something that might take me 10 hours will take me 15 minutes. Like it's that drastic of um, a productivity. And that's because you're clear. And I, I think it's, you know, it really is the same around what we're talking about. So much implementation for most people is about over delivery. It's about um, trying to get something from someone, uh, whether that's more money, whether that's more value, whether that's more you don't want a customer to leave, whatever that is, it's all about trying to get something. And we do a huge disservice to ourselves. Yes, we do. It is a huge disservice. And one thing that I want to share, and we've talked about this in other um, episodes, is that, you know, this type of overfunctioning is one of the things that can lead to burnout for entrepreneurs, for leaders, because we can't keep overfunctioning without that cost, right? And then all of a sudden, you go from being over uh, caring and functioning and, and overdoing to feeling really exhausted and that's and you start to feel angry or you start to feel completely numb you know and it's like then you're on this other end of the spectrum and you don't even know how you got there and it's like well that is kind of the backlash of over providing in any type of care whether it's care for our clients or care for our team and our staff it's like if we're overdoing that and we're not setting the boundaries we're not honoring like you said our truth about where that boundary is and what we need then we start to just frankly run out of gas, right? We just get really exhausted. And that's something I'm actually very passionate about um, right now. And that's why I'm bringing it up is that that I just see so many entrepreneurs working so, so hard right now. And um, if we don't check in with ourselves, then not only are we over-functioning, we're going into the psychological place of burnout, which is even harder to manage, you know, and to keep going with all the responsibilities that we have. Yes. Yes. And I mean, it's amazing how, <laughs> like, I think about Laura, how we functioned, right? Like yeah. just single parents, yeah. you know, two businesses each, like, and just, it, yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, 
So I've been practicing this thing, which I've talked about in a few podcast episodes of where I'm doing a lot more silent retreats, a lot more creating space of like just really being present to myself and feeling things. And that is just been so amazing. So all last week I did a silent retreat every morning and it was just amazing the space, what I could feel, what clarity came to me during that process, all of the stuff that was allowed to finally, like, I don't know, I can make decisions on a lot of things. And then <laughs> like I do, because it's, it's my default, I can over deliver, like it's almost like giving myself permission to have that much space means I have to make up for it. And so I tend to stuff a lot of things in that, like as soon, the next week back after a week off, I tend to stuff a million things in. And it's not that I have to, right? I do have control over my schedule. It's like somehow I let it get out of control because I, you know, could only have permission for that week. I couldn't possibly have a lot of space in this week, you know, after. And I I had this day yesterday where I just, I don't know what I was thinking. It was like, I had so many calls, so many client calls. I had sales calls. I had like a lot of training I was doing. I literally, from like the time I got up in the morning until like 10 o'clock at night, I was on the computer. And I don't ever have that. And I was so exhausted today. And I was thinking, this is how I functioned like all the time before, right? Every day we would, I mean, I remember when we were living together and working together, like we would be up in the morning and we would be up till late at night and we would just be working all the time. It's phenomenal to me how we survived because I am not at a place where I could do that again. (laughs) Like I do not have that capacity level. I know, I know. And it's, it's amazing, you know, that we do what we, what we do. And, and, you know, and there are times that I think even in the best of times, we can just push past, you know, our capacity. And then in the worst of times, we think that we have no choice but to push past it. And we really have to cultivate this this awareness, this mindfulness of our needs, of ourselves, of our boundaries. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this too is, um, and I actually wrote a recent blog post just about the importance of presence. I mean, it really all comes down to like how present can you be with yourself? And the more that you are able to be in the here and the now, check in, ask yourself these questions with curiosity, like you were saying earlier, then you'll be able to see like, wow, I'm running a hundred miles an hour. And for what? Like, is it really what I need to do? Is there really a cheetah chasing me? Or is it this perception that I have that I need to be there at this, you know, to this extent for other people? And maybe there's actually no cheetah. Maybe there's actually no one around, but you pushing yourself to this place that you aren't possibly going to be able to come back from very easily if you keep going. Yeah. And I mean, that was the two realizations I had from yesterday is that one, there was no cheetah. I did it. It was my expectations of what I wanted to accomplish and what I thought I could do, what I wanted to get done. And so I did it fully to myself. So that was a really interesting wake up call. The other thing was yeah, the presence like you talked about. See, and that's what I feel. When we're over-delivering, when we're over-capacity, you know, we're, we no longer can be present in our life. We miss everything. And that's what I realized. Like having the space I had last week, and I did work in the afternoons, but to have all those morning retreats, 
And then to like have a day like yesterday where literally there was just like hardly time to go to the bathroom, right? Like it was like one of those days. And I thought I just could be present to nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't even be in my body. And that is a cost that is too great. The cost of not being present, of not being with our family, of not being with ourselves, of not feeling the things that we need to feel, of not being grounded, of not experiencing pleasure, like the pleasure of just looking outside the window at the beautiful trees or, you know, the walk that we want to take just to see what the world's doing or just listening to music for the pure joy of it. Those costs, they're too high. They're too high. And over-delivery is one of the reasons why we all struggle with time management. It's not time and of itself. It's what we commit to. Oh, it's so, so very true. I'm so glad that we're having these, this particular conversation because all of our conversations typically speak to me and remind me, but I think I needed to hear this one, especially right now, because it's, you know, we all fall into this fast paced overdue and it's just a good time to reflect on wait a minute, when was the last time that I walked outside and stared up at the clouds or stared up? I mean, it was really funny. Um, The other day I just went and got, my husband got me this really nice hammock swing and I'm so grateful to him for it because now that is like my invitation to slow down. But I went and got in it the other day and was just like in the middle of the day, I needed a break. My brain wasn't functioning. So I was like, yep, time to go outside. And I was sitting and I laid back and looked up And I mean, I've lived in this house for 10 years and I looked up and I was like, oh my goodness, my oak tree is so tall. Like, I don't think I've ever just looked all the way up it. It was just like this part that goes up over my roof. Normally, I don't even have that perception. So it was the the swing and I was in that spot looking up and I just couldn't believe like how beautiful this oak tree is in my own backyard that I can go and look at every day. And that was a reminder right then and there. I'm like, if I'm not staring up into these limbs and into the branches of this tree every day, then that's my sign that I need to change something. I need to slow down. I love that you said that. And it's literally so funny because a couple of months ago, I bought a hammock swing. (laughs) So (laughs) of course you did. Of course I did. I mean, and I swear you guys, we're not sponsoring hammock swings. But, you know, like, like, oh, my God, it's the best thing ever. I swear. Like, that is exactly what I've done through this whole lock-in or, you know, whatever you want to call it, being at home for months on end. Like, that's been the saving grace to go sit out there in that hammock swing to just, like, watch nature, right? It's, like, not hurrying. It's not rushing. There's nothing to do, you know, to to watch my trees bloom, to watch the different flowers bloom in my back garden. To we've had, We had a set of owls in our backyard, which were just, like, so beautiful, like little babies. And, and you know, like, we're growing vegetables my husband's growing vegetables and just watching that grow every day like it's just so interesting like now that I've taken the time to be present to my life to be present to nature I'm never going back like yesterday was a taste of what I am never ever doing again (laughs) I love it I love it yeah you just that and that's why we're having this conversation because you know it came up into your consciousness even more and it's like this doesn't work 
It doesn't work. And I'm actually excited about this is one of the things that uh, I'm excited about the world being kind of tipped up on its um, hinges a little bit and us having to rethink things is that I think that we are going to have more opportunity to to shift the way that we work. I think slowing down, being more intentional, being present. These are all values that you and I have had for a long time in our entrepreneurship. And I think we're going to see people embracing them even more. Because we just, we don't have as much luxury not to anymore, you know? We really do have to take care of ourselves and our planet. I fully agree. All right. Well, I think this has been an awesome conversation, and I think we're going to wrap up for the day. So thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next week. have an exciting announcement. I'm offering a special pilot program for the next few months to help women find more clarity. If you've been feeling stuck on the fence about a decision or unclear about your direction in business life or your career, I can help. This program will help you unpack all of the mindset, emotions, and behavior patterns in the way of clarity and your wisdom. You get to work one-on-one with me and I am good at unpacking whatever is in the way of clarity. You also get access to my exclusive group of private clients. If this resonates with you, reach out at my website at sonyastatman.com or on any of my socials. Getting clarity right now is an important step to success. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at sonyastatman.com. See you next week.